Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shinneman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast. I'd like to welcome everybody to the Librarian Influencers Podcast, and today I'm very excited to have Rosario Ozuna with us. So Rosario, go ahead and give us a little bit of your background um, in the library. What's it been like for you? Wow, thank you so much for having me. Well, uh, I've only been in the library for the last two years, and uh, I can also let you know how I got there with my uh, education, where I started and how I landed in the library. Okay. Um, and before I start with that, I just want to mention that I wanted to be a librarian since I was a little girl. I actually moved from Mexico uh, about 40 years ago, and okay. I, didn't, I didn't speak the language. So oh, wow. the library was my main home when I, uh, that's, I've always liked to read. So mm-hmm. since I was a little girl, but I used to read in Spanish. So okay. when I came to the United States with my parents, uh, it was very hard because I didn't speak the language. And I've always been a very bright student when it comes to books and everything, but the language was a barrier. Mm-hmm. So I started attending the library and I basically taught myself how to read and write English, of course, uh, together mm-hmm. with everything that the teachers taught me through the years. But I became really good friends with the, uh, with the librarian and she would buy and order books for me. I remember asking her, I'll never forget that. Very I said, nice. could you order some uh some bilingual books or books that were that I could translate like starting with the colors and the numbers so that I could start with the basics mm-hmm. and that's how my journey started there so what I said one of these days you know one of my major goals was to become a librarian because I felt somebody helped me so I felt I could help those students uh, back somehow mm-hmm. and uh, in order to, to get to that I've always persevered with my education and everything so I graduated with my bachelor's degree in elementary education from Regents University in Denver, Colorado. I've actually traveled a lot with my spouse because of his employment. So my first, going back as far as my first teaching position, uh, my first teaching position actually was teaching Spanish to Kendrick Second in Rock Springs, Wyoming. I then transferred into the regular classroom in the same district, in the same district in Rock Springs, Wyoming. I actually lived there for 12 years. After that, I moved to Texas, and then I taught third grade here for La Jolla ISD, and I was there three years. And then I had to move back to Wyoming due to my husband's employment again. And uh, I was hired right away in the same district that I was there before. And uh, at that time, I was hired as a fifth and sixth grade reading teacher. So that was an experience because I had to deal with two different grade levels mm. at the same time. So it was a pretty nice experience there. And then uh, my husband, at the time that I'm teaching fifth and sixth grade in Rock Springs, Wyoming, once again, my husband gets moved to Minot, North Dakota. So I ended up staying my se- by myself with my three boys in Rock Springs to, uh, for about four months uh, so I could finish my contract. Okay. And then... After that, I worked for the Minot Air Force Base in Minot, North Dakota, and I taught second grade there. Uh, We then moved back to Texas once again. My husband gets another transfer. He works in the oil fields. That's how oil field life is. 
And ever since that move in 2012, I've worked uh, where I'm at right now, which is at Gruya Middle School. And then here, I taught two years of seventh grade reading. Uh, reading has always attracted me as well, like always, and math. And uh, uh, then I started my MLS degree from some Houston University, but I took a year off so I could finish uh, quicker. Since this was my first degree or my first master's, I had to do the whole program and my hats goes off to everybody, teachers all over that are able to work, teach, and still do their master's at yeah. that time. And then I have health issues, so it was too much on me. So my husband gave me the opportunity to just take the year off and complete the degree, which I did. Very and nice. uh, so I took that year off and I finished quicker. And by the time I knew it, 2016 came about and I graduated with my master's library and uh, library science from Sam Houston. And after taking this year off, like I said, I got hired back at my current school, at Graham Middle School. But then this time, they found out that I was able to teach math, that I'm certified to teach math, and they needed somebody for math. So I didn't go back to teach reading. And I ended up being the sixth grade math teacher. And uh, then from there, they moved me to seventh grade. And then the following year, they moved me to eighth grade. So I taught sixth, seventh, and eighth grade consecutively. Uh, And it was math. So I really enjoy those years as well. And then um, a position opened up at my school and I just easily transitioned from the classroom to the library. And I'm currently the librarian at Graham Middle School. And this is with our GCCIT. Yeah. And this year will mark the end of my second year as a librarian. And you're ending it. That's how I ended up in the library. (laughs) Very neat. And, you know, I love the story because so many people assume, oh, librarians, they had to have been English teachers, you know, that kind of thing. But I love when people have such a varied background because it really helps you to be able to connect with different people on the campus. So that's great. You've got, you know, a reading background, a math background, you know, different ways to to, different ideas that you can connect in uh, different departments. So that's great. So this is your second year. So you, you still have a lot of things fresh in your memory. What, what do you yes, I do. Yeah, tell us some, some stories about your first year or two. What was that like? Um, well, I know that I've always been a go-getter. I'm always on the go and super energetic. And, and uh, I want to th- do things right away. And if I can do something, I always find a way to do that particular thing. But sometimes I get impatient. So uh I think that that's important that we learn to be patient and prioritize what we need and all that. But mm-hmm. in the, you know, last year and this year, I've learned a lot about budgets. I've learned how to create uh, purchase orders, uh, what process I need to follow. Um, I've learned to, to work with the patrons with the different grade levels. Mm-hmm. and work with the teachers and finding out what is it that, that what they like what they don't like i had to find ways how to uh make the library uh step it up a notch better than what it was already mm-hmm. and find ways to bring in the patrons so um and also i've learned to uh, appreciate my assistant she's come she has a big role in me being successful in two years because without her 
I wouldn't have been able to be where I'm at because this lady knows a lot. She's been an assistant there for almost 30 years, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, you are yeah. <laughs> yes. And she's still not ready to, to go. She tells me she loves what she does and, and we work very well together. Yeah. But uh, without her, I mean, my job wouldn't have been as easy as, you know, it is. I'm yeah. very technological savvy. I know I love what I learned in Sam history. And I feel I was prepared to do the actual library work, but still there's a lot of things that I still need to learn, like a lot. The yeah. process of several things, but um, I've met different kind of students, the same as I when I was in the classroom. Mm -hmm. I had to kind of learn to let go of things as well, because when you're in the classroom, uh, I mean, how can I say this? This oh. Yeah, I have about 140 students. Well, now it's like I have close to 800. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> cool, yeah. That, that was one of my biggest experiences there where it was like, whoa, okay, I've always had 140, uh, maybe 120 throughout the day. And mm -hmm. now it's, you know, how do I attend to so many and so many different needs? Mm -hmm. But I, one of the experiences that I love, love one of, I'm sorry, one of the experiences that I truly love being a librarian is that I'm, I'm always eager to learn. So I love attending all the different meetings that I have to go to. And I don't mean it as I have to, but it's part of also being a librarian, but I'm, I'm there with my notes and uh, my different color pens and make notes because I always want to know what the, what the teachers are learning as well. Right. So I, I love that I'm experiencing that. Yeah. I don't, I don't put, I, I always say yes to meetings and uh, because there's always something new to learn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know when I started a lot of time, I replaced a paraprofessional in the library. So I was the first certified you know, ever at my school where I had been. And so a lot of times they were just used to not having that para attend different meetings. Um, and so they were really surprised, you know, that I wanted to be a part of all of, all of these meetings and and they were, they were even more surprised when I would start making connections. Oh, well, you need to know about this or you, you need to know about mm -hmm. that. So I always try to encourage people, make sure to ask, um, ask your principal or assistant principal, whoever it is that sets up the meetings to be sure to include you, you know, on as many as possible because vital information um, that you can pick up at those meetings. Even if they don't think it's for you, um, you can still pick up, you know, on little pieces of things that are important to you. So that's yes. It sounds like you've had a great first two-year start. Is there anything that would have really made a difference to you if, if only you had known this or if only you had thought of that? Do you have any ad advice you would have told yourself at the beginning? Actually, yes. Uh, uh, going back to uh, that I've always been that go-getter. I'm always excited. Mm -hmm. People always tell me, where do you get that energy? How do you like deal with it? How do you always just come happy? like I've just learned to leave my personal life aside and work is work and I really really truly love what I do mm -hmm. uh, and I'm gonna be honest with you uh, I know I mentioned that I used to teach math well if you were to ask me my favorite is math I love reading I really do but I see reading as a like a hobby like uh, I just enjoy it a lot uh -huh. and I'm not I'm saying that reading is not challenging it is but to me, it comes super easy, and so does math. But math is a little bit more challenging. I don't know how to explain the difference, but um, I think I 
love a little bit uh, more math because of the challenge in it, but reading is also challenging in a very different way. Mm -hmm. But I just wanted to let you know that uh, everybody sees me, they think, oh, it's reading. Yeah, I've taught reading before, but math is my main hub. I've always said that. And then going back to always being energetic and being a go-getter, I wish that I knew this back then that I know now or last year because I'm still learning to cope with it. But I'm, I've learned because I, I'm like, I want to do this. Or all these ideas pop in my head. I write them down. And I, I wish I had like a thousand of me so that I could do everything that I'm always thinking of. So I've learned to calm down. And uh, just, uh, uh, like I say, I always find a way to do uh, any particular thing. But I get impatient sometimes. And there's, I've learned that there's a process. So I think uh, it's just the ecstatic level since I'm always so excited to bring um, activities to life in the library. So, and I want to see them in action right away. So I would say to have patience when wanting to bring an activity to life. Although <laughs> I do have a lot of patience, I think I do. I strongly believe patience and being organized play a huge role on making things work yeah. in the library. Right. Always follow chain of command when wanting to plan a library activity as well. Although I've always followed chain of command, there was times where I would forget, oh my goodness, I forgot to delete so and so no. And then they come to me like, oh, I didn't know that was going on. So I've learned to do that. So I make notes and I say, okay, I go to my, my principal, I go to my district coordinator, let her know what's going on as well. And mm -hmm. so the, uh, always involve the right people in command at all times. Also, I had a challenging time managing time itself. I wanted to do so many things. So I've learned to write down my ideas, like I mentioned before, and prioritize what or which library endeavors have more importance or are needed right away. So I begin with those. Yeah. So that's something that I'm trying to keep up with that I didn't do last year. Mm -hmm. And that's good, though, to like almost have a journal, you know, a place where you are brainstorming all the great things that come to mind. But you're right. We really almost need to pick. I'm just going to say three, you know, pick three or something just to focus on uh, to be able to move forward with at that time, because otherwise it's, it's hard to keep so many plates, you know, moving at the same time. Um, all right. Well, you've had this transition now these last couple of years and you've, you've moved from teacher to librarian at the same school, it sounds like. Um, so you've seen how your, your influence or your impact has kind of changed um, between teacher to librarian. How would you describe the kind of influence that librarians have or that you have on your campus? Well, this year, uh, our students only have 30-minute lunches, okay. and they're kept in the cafeteria for the entire 30 minutes mm -hmm. under the surveillance of our administration. Our students' attendance during lunch decreased the, tremendously. Compared to last year, when last year lunch times were 45 minutes long, plus the five-minute passing time before and after lunch break. Mm -hmm. So this would give them about 55-minute lunches. Uh, the lunches being cut short this year really hurt the library mm. because I had to find creative ways to promote, advertise, and advocate for the library. Okay. So here's where I feel I've had the most influence this year because this is how the idea of my YouTube channel got started. Ah, okay. So like I mentioned, that's how my uh, YouTube channel 
idea started. So I started a YouTube channel around the end of the month of October with the support of my principal. I started by studying the books in my library collection and found books that hardly circulate. So I started creating book talks of these books and uploaded these videos to my YouTube channel. I then kept all my teachers in the loop of this new idea. And after brainstorming the idea a bit more, I decided to share the Book Talk YouTube links with the teachers at least three times a week. Now I do it all week. I mean, they expect the link Monday through Friday. They really look forward to it. What, what does, that mean? does that mean you do a different book every day of the week or it's just, what do you mean you share it every day? Yes, I do a video every day. Like I talk about one book up to sometimes three books in one video, or okay. I talk about a series. And all I do is uh, I tell them this, this is the front cover of the book. This is the back cover of the book and they get to see it. Mm -hmm. uh, these are, uh, I talk about the illustrations, the quality of the illustrations, and I just read straight from the back of the book. Okay. I try to, uh, I don't input my personal opinion because I'm trying, if you, uh, we see it in the library. It's like if you're trying to sell that book to the students yeah. so yeah. they can come. And uh, a lot of them I've read already. Some of them I haven't. And I always let them know. And uh, I just read the summary on the back of the book. And uh, I, since I'm, I love to read. I really put in my voice when I'm reading it. So the kids really get motivated. And uh, that's, what I, that's what I do. And I share a link every day through our school email. And I send it to the entire school staff. And then the teachers will share the videos with their homeroom students. So wow. by the time lunch came uh, in the afternoon, the students had an idea as to what books were available in the library. Mm -hmm. and, and now administration allows them to stop by the library during their lunch break. And, uh, and then the administration also gets to know who are the kids that are really like they don't want to just get out of the cafeteria but they are they're really true readers and right. uh, they, they do visit a lot now and um, well by the time the students get to the library like i mentioned before they just show up and ask me or my library assistant that they're interested in checking out the book or books that i talked about mm -hmm. uh in the videos since their time reduced they don't have a lot of time to search for a book Right. These videos have made a great impact on the circulation of books and students checking them out. So I wish that maybe I would have started this since school started, but uh -huh. it was just an idea. And then, so la uh, I mean, this year, this, this year was the, the first year that I brought it to life and it's still going. So, right. and, and going back to how else do I influence, I feel that I currently help students and teachers as much as I can via the different Google Classrooms I've implemented in the school due to the COVID-19. Mm -hmm. So since right now our libraries are physically closed, I created Google Classrooms just like teachers did to keep them abreast of technology, lesson ideas, new books ebooks, electronic resources, and anything that can help them teach remotely. Um, so the I actually the students in your class? Yes. Okay. I actually took it upon myself of just inviting the entire student body. Mm -hmm. So I created uh, three different classrooms. So I have one uh, for sixth grade, and it's uh, I named it uh, sixth grade. Um, 
library sources. And then I have one for seventh grade and one for eighth grade. And then I have another Google Classroom where I have the administration. And then I have one where it's all the staff. Oh, okay. And, and uh, so it's worked very well because I feel that even though the library is closed physically, we had to find a way to still know that the library is at the tip of the fingertips. Right. And how else then by, by being um, online. And uh, the Google Classroom has played a vital role in me being able to still communicate with them. That's great. And then what I do there, I also, um, well, actually, I was asked by my dean to help the reading and the social studies department only. And because, like, on Mondays, I have a meeting with the entire staff with the principal. And then Tuesday, I have the reading. And then uh, Wednesday, Thursday, I have other meetings. And Fridays, I meet with social studies. And, uh, but I, I just made it my mission to help every department. So uh, what the teachers have done, I call them over the phone or we text. And since I get along with everybody very well, that's also a very good uh, vital role that you, you have to play to, uh, get together, uh, cooperate uh, together in order to make it work. Mm -hmm. And the teachers share with me their topics for grade level and subject. Um, that they are teaching. So I post additional resources and links to their weekly lessons. Yeah. I post these resources on the Google Classroom for teachers, like I mentioned, administration, and accordingly to each grade level Google Classroom. I also post videos on my YouTube channel so students can listen to them, mm -hmm. although I share with them, uh, you know, where they can access the eBooks and, you know, but there's always students that say, Miss, is there any, like, any videos that you have out there? So I also communicate with the students through the Google Classroom. They leave messages there, and I answer right away. So it's, it's, it's been wonderful working through Google Classroom as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, so these are some ways that I'm currently influencing them to continue to visit the library remotely. And like I mentioned before, I've organized my resources by topics. So it's easier to navigate as well. Okay. Before, and before COVID-19, I updated the entire library's aesthetics because I believe in order for patrons to want to visit the library, it needs to be very inviting and welcoming. Definitely. I paint, yeah, I painted it with live and inviting colors. I even have updated the city, the sitting areas. Okay. And doing this has helped increase the number of visitors to the library as well. Many more events happen in the library compared to previous years. Yeah. My calendar is usually full with the different events. The library, I believe that the library is the hub of the school. So it has to be a place where everyone feels welcome and comfortable. And that's what I've created these past two years so that's far. Great. And I imagine, so first you were talking about the technology side. I think that even after COVID-19, a lot of that is probably still going to carry over for you um, to the next year because uh, they're going to, yeah appreciate and know you know the kind of uh, instructional support you know that you're offering so that's exciting and then with such a beautiful place it sounds like they're going to come even more so congratulations to you on, on getting all of that done um thank you talk a little bit about your youtube channel so if somebody wanted to start one like you what what did you like what was that setup like what did you have to do to get that started uh and actually um i had never had a YouTube channel before, and I would just watch videos and all that. So I remember, I'm a, I'm also a Googler. I Google everything, and I find how-to videos. 
So that I think the first step would be that to find uh, a how-to video that would guide you and take notes. I always have notes on the side and write down. And that's how it started. And then basically you just create the channel and um, think of a name. And I actually always involve my family, my meaning my, I have three boys and my hubby. And I sat down with them and I actually get their approval first okay. all the time. Every, I don't know why, but that's how we are. And yeah. I talked to them and I said, hey, I have this idea. What do you all think? And I'm, I have a 15-year-old, a uh, 20-year-old, and a 23-year-old. So I know that they've been there. So they, I know that. I said, how would you feel if your librarian would have had this? I always give those scenarios. And, and they're pretty honest, let me tell you. They're pretty honest. So that's why I always go to them. I say, you know, you're not going to hurt my feelings. Just let me know. I have this idea. What do, I, what do I do? Do you think it'll work? And they were the ones that helped me also come up with the, with the, with the title, with a name. Okay. And, uh, and they were my first followers as well. And that's how I got it started. So I would say also, if you have kids or family members, let them know that you have it. And maybe start off, your followers can start off being your family members because trust me, your family members will be very honest. They're probably your, your harsh uh, critics. And if they're like mine, they will tell me. So actually, I have a lot of nephews and, and nieces. So I call them up, send them a text. And they, were, they started following me. And then I said, hey, do you have any friends that love to read? Do you have any friends that, you know, like books? Let them know that your aunt has this channel. So that's how it started. And um, so I think that that has helped me a lot. And uh, I think that that's one thing that, you know, to get it started, just the ponder around the idea, um, brainstorm, write your ideas down and think of what is it that you want to do. I've also learned to some videos that I watch on YouTube that you have to, uh, you cannot be like all over the place. You know, you have to have like a, a set, a theme. And like mine is just about anything with the library, books, and book talks, authors, you know, it has to be cohesive in order for it to make sense. Yeah. And some videos that I've watched, they said it's okay to be a little bit all over the place at the beginning, but then find your niche. What is it that you want to, yeah. you know, what's important? So I would say that. But since it's the library, it would deal with, you know, just coming uh, and get practice also in front of the camera. If you okay. see my, I mean, I, I have about close to 60 videos in about, started in October, about what, six, seven months, eight months about there. And uh, my first videos were a little bit off. You could still see where I would like turn off the button on my phone. Yeah. Yeah. And then my son was like, mom, you do know. And I consider myself very techie savvy, techie. <laughs> Uh, tech savvy and my son's like mom there's a way to do that and my boy started showing me that and then like I tell you I, I watch a lot of how-to videos as well and I've learned and now um, even the teachers have congratulated me on some other videos because they would tell me well Mrs. Suna you're starting to look more professional I like how you're using your emojis now and the kids really like that and you added music because at the very beginning I I was still learning I was in the process and I'm still in the process I feel that every video that I create it's I've done it a little bit better than the previous one mm -hmm. and so forth but that I believe that that's that's the first thing that they would need to you know to get it started 
and then just work slowly on the subscribers. And the way I've done it as well at school, I have competitions. I, I give out incentives to the students and they would come to the library and I made a flyer and I put it there and I, I also passed it to their homeroom teachers. They helped me a lot with that. And I would let them know, hey, the YouTube channel is out there because the teacher would show the, the videos to the students through their homeroom mm -hmm. time, which is in the morning. Since in our school, the students eat breakfast with their homeroom teachers. They have about maybe 25 minutes, I believe. So in the meantime that the students are eating, the teacher shows them the video of the day. Perfect. And yeah, and then that's how the students would end up going to the library. I already have an idea. They'll come to me and they'll be like, oh, Mrs. Osuna, you were talking about this book. Uh, may I have that one? And then another problem arise from that because then I had five, six kids that wanted the same book. Same book. And I... Yes, I would only have two, three copies. So then I started saying, okay, I'm gonna talk about maybe three, four books. That way they don't, I don't have this one. Or some students would just come and say, you know what, I really like that book that you talked about, but I don't want that book. Do you have something similar to it? So mm -hmm. it made the checking out of the books a lot easier, or it's been making it a lot easier as well for them. They don't, some kids will go in and they can lose, if they only have five minutes left, it's not enough time for them to look for that right book. Right. So this is helping them get to their right book, mm -hmm. I think. Well, what's the name of your YouTube channel? We'll, we'll make sure to uh, have a link to it in our show notes. Yes, uh, one book or novel at a time. Ah, okay, perfect. Well, we'll link to that so people can check it out and get some more ideas from you. Um, has it, has it, any of the authors that you've ever shared their book, have they connected to you in any way? Have, has it, have, I'm not saying that well, but have any of them found their book, you know, on your YouTube channel? Uh, actually, I, I'm glad you asked that because uh, I think that that is, uh, that communication with the authors uh, is very important. And actually, I've, I've met them through my Facebook account. Okay. And I and uh, my the first author that I ever met was Caitlin Renteria, wonderful young lady, mm -hmm. uh, wrote the book The Other Side of the Law, mm -hmm. and uh, she was my first author's visit last year. And I think I already this is my second year, and I think I already brought her to school for about three times already. Wow. So yeah, she my kids really look forward to her and uh, we read her book in book club as well. And through her, she was my key author because through her, I met everybody else. And I really I'm a great supporter of local authors. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that the others are not, but uh, I believe that they're here within us. That way they're an inspiration to our youth. Right. They're from here from the valley. They they can the students can see that, oh, wow, you know, she lives here. She lives an hour away from us or two hours, and she's an author. So that means I can do it too. So when I introduce local authors to my students, they feel more motivated. And it's like, oh, I can do this too. It's not just authors that live in New York or other states. And I tell them, oh, no, you know, the world is at your feet. It's whatever you want it to be. Yeah. So, yeah, meeting Caitlin has been a blessing because she's open. Uh, the doors to the author world and uh, she doesn't even know how much she's helped me and uh, she's through her you know she would tag me with other authors and then they would see what I was doing so wow. honestly 
it's not so much that the authors have found their right book through my YouTube channel, but they've, uh, I'm the one that has found another right book, right. you know, through them because they bring so much every time that I talk to them on Facebook and, and I help out as much as I can with them, like promoting their books. Mm -hmm. And uh, although I haven't uh, brought as many authors as I want to, because I've learned so much with budgets and uh, finding ways to find the funding. And uh, so I fundraise a lot with the mm -hmm. authorization of my principal and my district, because there's protocols that I have to follow. Right. And, uh, but actually I, I would say that thanks to them, I found one more right book, the way I say it. And uh, uh, we also had last year, uh, we invited Mr. Edward Vidaure. So, and uh, he, he's into poetry and uh, I can't remember the title of his book right off my head, but I have them as well. So we, uh, with um, my boss, Ms. Adelina Villarreal, she helped us bring them to our district. And he visited last year as well through our book club uh, time after school. And we also invited uh, Mr. Um, De Goyado, and he wrote the book Throw, another amazing read. And so, like I tell you, all these books are also the right book right. Uh, to read. And we introduced them there, and, uh, and they've been a hit. They get checked out a lot. So then, and then I met several others also, like I was telling you through Facebook and Messenger, and I communicate with them through there. And so um, I bought uh, several of their books and I added them to my library system and they're part of my collection now. So I have a whole section of local authors and I'm always talking about them. And, and then also being on Facebook, um, and other authors seeing my YouTube channel videos, because I do post them on Facebook, and then the authors share them as well. Mm -hmm. I met other authors like that, or they send me friend requests. So once they see that it's an author, they see I'm a librarian. So I, I like that, uh, how we're working together and helping each other out like that. Definitely. So you have mentioned a lot of local authors for where you live. So if any of our listeners are wondering about their own area, if you ask your public library, there's a really good chance that they would have a list of local authors for you that would be willing to do school visits um, that have, you know, young adult books or for our children's level. Um, but anyway, it's a great resource and so inspiring because people, the kiddos get to see this is somebody just like me. You know, they went to school here. They grew up here. Um, this is something that, that I can do one day. So kudos to you for, for finding the local people to connect with with that. All right. So as we're starting to wrap up our time, um, is there any other first steps that you have, any kind of advice for our listeners who are at the early stages like you are? Yes, I actually do. I would say, like, uh, number one, trust yourself with your ideas and just go for them. Mm -hmm. uh, find the support always. Always find that backup, and your backup will be your principal. And just ask for a meeting and just explain what the idea is. And I guarantee you they, they will back you up 110%. Mm -hmm. uh, number two, Always involve 
like I just said, your administration and the ideas, it's very important for your main admin, or like I call mine, my main admin, to approve your library endeavors. Uh, number three, always involve your teachers because they are and will be your number one supporters and they will help you advocate with the students as well. Number four, always keep everyone in your school abreast of activities happening or coming up in the library. Definitely. I do it by communicating with everyone via our school email. I create flyers and post them all over the school with the help of my assistant and my library runners. I also share flyers with teachers physically. In case they can't print them, I make sure every teacher gets a flyer in their hands. Okay. Uh, number five, document everything you do. <laughs> Keep track of what's worked because it may become a very good resource in the near future. So I, those are the five things that I abide by. And uh, I would recommend for anybody that's starting like me uh, that that's what I think has helped me so far. Okay, very good. So if any of our listeners today want to follow up with you on any of your ideas or um, just, or even just start following you, how can they find you on social media so they can keep learning from you? Okay, my, of course, one of my main ones is my YouTube channel, mm -hmm. one book or novel at a time. Okay. And on Facebook, just under my name, Rosario Osuna. Right. And on Twitter, I, I have two accounts, but one, I forgot the password, so I can't get into it. So I created another Twitter. Okay. And I said, I'm just sticking to the same password. So on Twitter, uh, it, I, it's under my name as well, but then I changed it and I put it. You're going to find me under at one book or novel, kind of to go along with my book, my YouTube channel. Okay. And on Instagram, I'm elegant book lady. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> Very nice. Okay. All right. Well, we'll be sure to share that contact with, any, with all of our listeners. They'll find it in the show notes so they can reach out to you. And just thank you so much for your time, Rosario. You had wonderful ideas and you've done so much to only just now be wrapping up your second year in the library. It's going to be fun to follow you and, and see all the new things that you come up with in the coming years. So thanks again for your time and, and have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey everyone, Rosario did a great job telling you about her YouTube channel. I want to be sure that you know that you have a YouTube channel if you have a Gmail account. A lot of people are surprised to find out that that's true, but if you have a Google account, then you also automatically have a YouTube account. So go ahead and go to YouTube and log in using your Gmail and check it out. It's a great place to get started sharing videos with your audience. Talk to you next time.